Psalm chapter 23, uh, Psalm chapter 23. Um, in a minute, a uh, few minutes, we're going to be uh, having a business meeting. And in this business meeting, this is either going to be a very quick business meeting or a very long business meeting. Okay, I'm anticipating it going long. Um, but, uh, so I, I just prepared like a devotion tonight. Um, but we may get out of church early or we'll be here late. So um, it's up to us. Um, but anyway... Uh, Psalm chapter 23, I, ha- I told Chris, I said, there's no notes tonight for you to take. This is just something God has been giving me uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, something, uh, it, it, it actually started at my aunt's uh, funeral service. Um, I was asked uh, to read the 23rd Psalm um, by my cousins uh, at my aunt's uh, funeral service. And as I was reading it, a thought came to me that this psalm has brought a lot of peace and comfort to a lot of people through the centuries, has it not? And, uh, you know, because as I was reading it, I, I was thinking that, and I could see the faces of the people, and some of them I knew, some of them I didn't know, but I could just see a calmness in their eyes as I was reading this passage of Scripture. And my aunt was a very faithful, godly woman, um, which I, I am so very thankful for. But um, anyway, so this this is really, it's just something that has been kind of born out of that reading of the Psalm, 23rd Psalm. Um, uh, but uh, this evening, this evening <clears throat> I want to give you, uh, very, real quickly, just six uh, traits of a shepherd, six traits of a shepherd. And um, it, it's something I came across many years ago that I've kind of always uh, kind of kept in the back of my mind. Um, the first one is to feed the flock. Uh, that a, a shepherd is going to feed the flock. That's, that's the first and number one priority of a shepherd. Um, the second thing the shepherd is going to do is uh, he will uh, tend to the weak and the sick. Are you seeing a similarity here? It's no uh, uh, coincidence that God refers to a pastor as a shepherd. And us believers as sheep, and the, the, the 23rd Psalm uh, has, well, let me just continue. Um, the third uh, trait of a shepherd is that um, a, a, a good shepherd will rule with love. Number four, gather and protect the sheep. Number five, a good shepherd will give their best to the sheep. And then number six, and probably the most precious, and this is a, an, actually an example of our Lord Jesus Christ, is to search for the lost. 
Six traits of a shepherd. Feed the flock, tend to the weak and sick, <clears throat> rule with love, gather and protect the sheep, uh, give their best to the sheep, and search for the lost. Well, I don't remember where I got this list from. It's not original to me by any stretch of imagination. But I came across it some time ago, and it's always helped me when I'm reading this psalm because this psalm was written by David. And what was David before he was the king of Israel? He was a shepherd. And he would have understood all six of these traits. And I, I would assume that there are probably many more than just six. But anyway, those are the six that I came across, and I, I, they've been an encouragement to me. But Psalm chapter 23 says this, and, and if you want to, many of you can probably quote it as we go along here, a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointeth my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word, for the encouragement, for the reminder of how good you are in our lives. Help us, dear God, to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of the things I believe, I, I don't know this, but I believe this, um, that David viewed God as his shepherd. And as he was writing this, I believe David was uh, in many ways thinking as, as he was writing um, of his relationship with his heavenly father. Um, the, the title of my, my message tonight is this, Confidence in God. David, If David had nothing, David had confidence in God. I want you to look at the 23rd Psalm and tell me how many personal pronouns are there. The I, my, me, mine, and so on and so forth. How many of those are in that, are in that passage? A bunch. <laughs> A bunch. Well, count them. It's only five verses or six verses. See if you come up with the same number I did. Fourteen? Okay. Fifteen? I hear fifteen. <laughs> do, do I hear sixteen? Come on. That's a, <clears throat> Fifteen? <laughs> okay. Anybody else? 
22? <laughs> okay, I came up with 17. Is how many I came up with? 17? Okay. Uh, but my, the, my point is this. Out of six verses, at least 17 times, God, uh, David refers to God as his God or the like. That's an incredible statement in just six verses. Multiple times, David. So as we, as we read through this, I want you to pay attention to the personal pronouns that, that David uses. And then I'm going to, as we, as we do this, I'm going to be pointing out some other key words in this, in this passage. And, and hopefully the next time you read the 23rd Psalm, instead of blowing through it because you've memorized it, stop and read it. And let it really sink in and be, a, be an encouragement to you. So we're going to look at four ways, four, four ways David had confidence in God in these six, in these six verses. The first one is in God's provision, God's provision, verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you see a, a pattern here? In verse 1, he says, the Lord. The word Lord there is the word, the Hebrew word Yahweh. It is the word that, that Moses gave the children of Israel, the name of God, Yahweh. The Lord, Yahweh is my shepherd. The Lord, the God of heaven, is my provider, my protector, my, you fill in the blank. Incredible statement. The Lord, Jehovah, Adonai, Yahweh. Verse 2. Oh no, I'm sorry, I missed the phrase. I shall not want. As as I read that, I thought I, I and what I what I did here in my notes is I broke down sections of of, of each verse, and next to this I have, uh, uh, to, I shall not want. What is David saying? He said, because the God of heaven, Yahweh, is my shepherd, my provider, I will lack. Nothing. That's what he's saying. What an incredible, incredible truth. When the God of heaven, when Yahweh, the, 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 the Adonai, Jehovah God, is your God, then you will lack nothing. But if he's just a God that you put on the shelf, guess what? You're going to lack a lot of things. Because David allowed God to be his shepherd, his provider, the provision of God. Verse 2, he says, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. He will be there every step of the way. Because first and foremost in David's life, David recognized that he was his provider. The God of heaven, Yahweh, was his provider in everything that he did. The second thing that we can see in the confidence of God that David had is the protection of God in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I did a lot of research on this, the valley of the shadow of death. Because a lot of people think that this is talking about as, as you are passing from one life to the next, that, 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 that valley of death. And that's, I, I did a lot of reading and a lot of studying, and I, I, I don't believe that that's what this is talking about. Now, it, it could be. But this is the valley of the shadow of death. And, and as, out of all my research, I came across one definition that I, that I felt was, was the, 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 the best to describe the valley of the shadow of death, and, that, and that this is it. A perilous, threatening environment. Have you ever been in a, in a situation that, that is perilous, where you look one way and you see no solution, and you look behind you and you see no solution? That is this valley, I believe, that God is talking about here in the 23rd Psalm. And we've all been in these valleys. And David, if anybody on the face of the earth has been through these valleys, it was David. As he was running from King Saul and all of the, the, the trials and troubles that came in and out of David's life over and over and over, the perilous, threatening environment that David was in almost on a daily basis David would understand, and he says, Yea, though I walk through this perilous, threatening environment, I will fear no evil. Wow. Why could David say that? The next statement. For thou art with me. See, David understood that no matter what the environment that he was in, that God was there with him. I remember when I was first saved 43, 44 years ago. Right after I got saved, I read a poem. A, a, a Christian uh, on the ship handed me a poem. And, and I, I've never really been much for poetry, but I read this poem and it, the poem was Footprints in the Sand. I'm sure most of you, if not everybody, has read that. And, I and as soon as I read that poem, I thought, wow, what an incredible picture. For, and I was just a young believer. 
And I hadn't gone through the valley of the shadow of death yet. But that, that poem has never left my mind. The fact that God, if you're not familiar with the poem, I'm not, I can't read it for you, but I didn't think about it until just now. But it is a picture of somebody walking on the beach and going through a perilous event in their life and looking back and seeing only one set of footprints, thinking that God had left them. And then God replying, no, that was the times that I carried you. What an incredible picture. And, and David got that. David understood that no matter what was going on in his life, that God was going to be with him. And then David makes two statements that are astounding. The first one is, thy rod and thy staff Comfort me. The first statement is thy rod. So David is saying, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So in English, it could we could put it this way. Thy rod comforts me and thy staff comforts me. So what is a rod used for? To discipline. It would, be, it would be equivalent to a sheep, a shepherd, walking up to a sheep that likes to stray and cracking it on the head or something, you know, doing something to make that sheep understand, hey, this is not acceptable activity. You need to correct what you're doing. And David says, that is a comfort to me. Just as we as parents and grandparents should, should discipline our children and our grandchildren. Why? Because discipline brings comfort. You think, wait a minute. No, 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 that's mean. No, absolutely not. God brings discipline in our lives, does he not? Why? To, to get us on the right track. And David said, the fact that God will knock me upside the head every once in a while is a comfort to me. It doesn't always feel good, but it's a comfort. And then he says, thy staff comforts me. What is a staff? What is a, shepherd, a shepherd's staff used for? Okay, they, they would use it for guiding but mainly it was used for something else. Okay, it was, it was for uh, rescuing or really for fending off enemies, you know, animals, you know, things like that. The, the shepherd's hook was literally for if the animal got stuck in a, in a bush or something, they could just reach in with the hook and pull them out. But the, 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 the actual staff itself was used as a defensive weapon to protect the sheep. What's David saying here? That's comforting to know that God is always going to have his back. He's going he's to use the staff to guide me in the right way. Between the staff and the rod, he's going to get me where he wants me to be. But he's always going to have my back. He's always going to protect me. What an incredible thought. So we see the provision of God, the protection of God. 
Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil. I just realized I have the word provision twice. But this is another form of provision, is it not? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil. The image of the anointing of the head is a, is, it, it's, in that culture, we wouldn't understand it very well here, but whenever a, a guest would come into your home, they would anoint them with oil, and the oil would be mixed with a perfume. And and it was a it was a um, a refreshing uh, 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 smell because obviously in the, in in Jesus's time deodorant was not a thing and it was an opportunity for people to come together and be able to stay a lot of people in one room and not be overrun with body odor <laughs> so so it was a it was a it was a way for a uh, a a, um, a host to greet people. It was very common. So everybody uh, in this in David's time when he was writing this would understand exactly what this is talking about. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. God, David's enemies didn't bother God. Why should they bother him? Thou anointest my head with oil. You you are greeting me with a sweet-smelling oil on my head. And then he says this. And this is this is where I, when I read this phrase and I started really drilling down on this next phrase, I thought, wow, what a blessing. He says, My cup runneth over. What does the in in this in the context of verse five, what does the the cup represent? Okay, you're close. the The cup here represents David's life, and he's saying, "Hey, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies; thou anointest my head with oil, and my life is overflowing with goodness." What a beautiful, beautiful statement. So we've seen the provision of God, the protection of God, more provision of God, and now number number uh, four, the presence of God in verse six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Wow. The word surely here is not hopefully. It is a, it is a, I understand it to be a statement of confidence. I'm confident of the grace and the mercy of God in my life. That's what David is saying.
Simply put, God's blessings are abundant. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The house of the Lord here represents the 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 uh, the tabernacle or the the sanctuary, a, a place where God dwelt. And simply put, this is the least. This is the way I read it. David is saying, for the rest of my life, I will enjoy full communion with Adonai, Jehovah. <laughs> David is is confident of his. His, the, his knowing that not only will he be blessed beyond all measure, but that, that he will always be able to communicate with his God. But there's one prerequisite to it all. And I believe the prerequisite are the personal pronouns. Is God, is the, is the Lord, Jehovah, Adonai, is He your God? Or is He just a God? All of the blessings that David shares in this very simple six verses have brought comfort to people for centuries. But that comfort only comes if they know the Jehovah God, the God of heaven. I found in all of my searching this this last couple of weeks i found something interesting i wanted to share it with you one of the commentaries i was reading uh, gave gave this and I, I wanted to share it with you he he said this the lord is jehovah god the covenant maker god of israel the compound word names of jehovah in the old testament reflect the content of this psalm I probably should have made up a slide for this. I'm really sorry. But if you want a copy of this, let me know and I'll print it out for you. Um, I shall not want Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14. Still waters. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace. Judges chapter 6 verse 24. Restores my soul, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who leads. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. The paths of righteousness, Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord our righteousness. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 16. You are with me, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is there. Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35. The presence of mine enemy, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. 
Exodus chapter 17, verse 15. Anoint my head, Jehovah Miskadesh. Miskadesh. I, I, I think that's how you say it. Um, uh, the Lord who sanctifies, Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 8. I never made those connections before, but what a beautiful picture of the God of heaven that we serve. All of this wrapped up into six really simple little verses. And I'll be honest with you, these six verses, if we got a hold of these six verses, they could change our lives. And as I stood there reading these verses the other day at that funeral service, and I saw in the eyes of the people that were listening the impact of these verses, it's real. It's real. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you for this time together. And Lord, I want to thank you uh, for your word and the power of your word. And we ask that you would um, just bless it and help us to walk close to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay. Uh